Welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, John McGee. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, hey friends, welcome back. We are continuing our series uh, today on our staff values, the four staff values that we've rolled out at Watermark. We're going to share those with you. Joined in the studio today by Caitlin Van Wagner and David Pinyol. Caitlin is our Senior Communications Director. David is our Creative Director. Is that right? To get those right? right. Absolutely. Yes. And you guys have both been on before. Fun to have you back. David, you ran 10 miles today. Oh, you didn't have to bring I that did. up. I just brought it up. But you're glad you did. Because kind of you're glad he did. I'm training for you're that training. half, baby. What a guy. Are you training for a half if you don't tell people you're training for a half? No, absolutely not. You must. Hey, I went. It is it is 3 p.m. when we're recording this, and I haven't mentioned it to anybody until now. It was off Mm. off air. You just heard. And then I totally just. But did you want people to ask you secretly all day? Desperately wanting people to go. How far did you run today? You just wanted me to ask you. I did so much better than that, uh, David. So everyone knows you are yeah, an athlete. You know what? Also, um, before we jump in, this is a this will be a great topic. But I was thinking about you both. I've had interactions with you both. You both are really smart, and uh, I love being on the team with you. So, David, we were in a meeting yesterday, and every time you're on this podcast, we give you all kinds of grief about uh, your shenanigans when you were a junior high youth pastor here, and they're they're well deserved. But I was sitting in the meeting with you yesterday, and I just go, "But this guy, he is really, really bright." And uh, it was fun to be in a meeting. And then Caitlin, I looked over the shoulder at some of the communication you had. It was something that needed some nuanced communication. Nuanced, yeah, <laughs> we'll call it that. that. Okay. Nuanced communication. And I read that and I thought, Burn. you know, if I if I was going to pay someone to communicate all this, I don't know that I'd get something back that was as well written um, as you had. So uh, so both of you, I mean, John, I guess does that raw... mean we're going to start paying Caitlin? <laughs> I was been meaning to ask you. Why, why did you go back hey, in junior high mode? But, hey, this uh, is a but, good time. But, but genuinely, you guys, uh, you know, I, I think raw intellectual aptitude is from God, but then we steward and develop what he's given us. And you guys have both done that well. Thanks, and I was John. just thinking about you this morning. You guys are really, really bright. And uh, you're a ton of fun. And uh, it'll be a, a great conversation today. So this is now, this will be the third of the values that we've rolled out. Uh, both of you were on the task force. Is that what we called it? I don't know. Sounds what we very. It. We got jacket. Very. <laughs> We didn't. That would be very so, so serious. But yeah, it was a task force to really uh, condense down our staff values to try to get it into four, which was a pretty daunting task. But both of you are on that. Any best practices, anything you remember that was helpful or even about the, the process or anything you want to share before we jump into this specific one? Well, I just want to say thanks for bringing it up because two podcasts ago when you guys introduced these values with TA talking about dependent um, he talked a little bit about this group that got together, and he just failed to mention our names. So, <laughs> so let, let the record state, David ran 10 miles today, yeah. and he was a part of this task force. Anything it. else you want he the audience so to know? much value. No, I okay. feel like I've got just the right amount of credit. Okay, great. Okay, okay. good. So um, carry on now. No, really, we just were trying to define, like, for um, new people that are on our staff or people that have been here a while and need a reminder, like, what is it like to work at Watermark? Like, what what is the culture? What are our values? And we wanted them to be really clear. And and one thing I'll maybe add that that you guys, I cannot remember if you talked about, but um, the fact that we didn't want them to only be aspirational. Mm-hmm. We wanted them to be actual. Yep. Um, and this is actually who we are and who uh, kind of an identity that we hope to preserve. And so it was quite a process. We had we met several times. Luke Friesen did a great job. He really led that team, and he would digest everything that was talked about, repackage it, bring it to us. We'd respond. Um, and we went back and forth for probably a couple months yeah. before we really drilled down on where we That's landed. what I remember about it. It was harder than I thought it would be. Yeah. 
when I got the assignment, we have a really strong culture at Watermark. I've worked here for seven and a half years. And I, when we first were invited into this process, I really thought this was a one meeting thing. I was like, of course we know what it's like to be on staff at Watermark. We know what, what it looks like to when you hire someone and you say they're a culture fit versus somebody who is maybe just less of a culture fit and what that means. We know that. And defining that in a way that was fair, in a way that was got that was also just really applicable across the whole staff of different personality types. This is not a personality type. It is a truly their core values, their things we hold dear. And so that took a lot longer than we thought it would. And I'm we're happy with where we landed, but I would say if you're starting this process, it's important, it's worth it. And it might take a little longer than you think it might. And the only other introductory thing that I would add is once you've done the work and you've figured out like, okay, this is who we are. These are our core values as a staff. Um, I knew right away from day one with the teams that I lead, we have to repeat them all the time. And uh, Caitlin and I actually sort of co-lead a group of people we call the creative team. So that's all of communications, all of production, all of worship. And uh, we created a new award for that team. And if you take our four values, dependent, unified, excellent, and fun, it creates the acronym DOOF, D-U-E-F. And we created an award called the no. DOOF of the Month Award. David, which, you created the award, Okay, to be I, clear. I created the award, DOOF of the Month. I, it, we bought a, a standalone mirror, like a freestanding mirror that could sit on somebody's desk. And we printed a sticker, like a vinyl sticker that says Doof of the Month on it. And we put it on the mirror and we give it to one person on our team each month who reflects our values. And we just encourage and affirm and celebrate that person. And then it's a traveling trophy that's going to go for one year and then we'll get a new one for the next year. But I think that's really helpful for listeners to go, hey, we want to go through a process of defining our staff values or our team's values and that process is really valuable, but the value goes down really quick if you don't keep those values white hot and talk about them all the time. That's really good. Well, so there's another best practice uh, for people who are listening in, thinking about doing this for their staff. Uh, make sure that the acronym wouldn't be derogatory if you uh, if you took the first letter. I think each... doof is fun. <laughs> Unless people I'd love think to it's be a doof. People think you're saying doofus. Right. And that's that's it's kind a, of fun. It's a creative team. Yeah. You guys uh, has... you have fun. We we office yeah. on the same hey, floor. And our you can doof hear... of the month is Tristan, and every time I go by her desk. I yelled, doof, and everyone giggles and smiles, including Tristan. So it's That's fun. We're going to leave that in. So you're still, you still are a junior high youth pastor. I, uh, yeah. You can't take it out of you. Okay. So let's jump in. Really good thoughts. Thanks, Scott. And again, thanks for serving us. I remember we were in the meeting before that where we tried to list out everything we thought we were, and the list was long, and you guys had to kind of coalesce that down and make it into you know, a shirt that felt like it fit uh, us. And that was, a, that was a tough lift. So thank you. So we're going to talk about today about being unified. And uh, so why don't we start with really the, the ways you guys presented this to the staff. And so you kind of did a short talk. We talked about it a little bit uh, as a staff afterwards. But as I remember it anyway, David, you started in a junior high shop class. Is that right? Yes. Well, I wasn't in the class, but actually when I was in seventh grade, the class that I was in was interrupted with the sound of sirens, like a lot of sirens. And so we knew something was happening at our school. And there was commotion and word spread quickly that a young lady named Kathy, I I will leave out her last name for this audience, but uh, a young lady named Kathy had somehow cut off her middle finger using a radial arm saw in woodshop class. And she cut her middle finger fully off. 
And so while students ran away in horror, the woodshop teacher, junior high woodshop teacher, what a job. They knew exactly what to do. They were prepared because they were a junior high workshop teacher. They knew we got to find that finger. We've got to put it on ice in a Ziploc bag and call 911 right away. Now, why why did I share that story uh, at our staff meeting when we were rolling out these values? And it was this. It was just this visual picture of, hey, if a part of the body is separated from the body, it does not live long. And so you got to get it on ice and get it reattached quickly because the health of that body part and the rest Mm. of the body is dependent upon its connectedness. Mm. And so that was really how I illustrated graphically um, what happens when we are not unified. And then I just jumped right into Romans 12, 4 and 5. It said, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to one another. So we just emphasize with the staff, look, we're not independent parts. We are meant to function together. And so without unity as one of our core values, our mission will be completely ineffective. That's good. So I I forgot one important detail when you guys address the staff. You dressed alike. You oh, dressed in a We had to be unified in our presentation. <laughs> Which was so funny. I mean just you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, present like own it, go all out and it was it was just really funny. I mean everyone was laughing that you guys Caitlin were Caitlin and I accidentally found out on a retreat that we had an identical wardrobe. Like we didn't have to buy anything new. No, we, didn't. we just accidentally walked yeah. out in the same athleisure full kit. Great. We're going to we're going to keep going uh, from here and not You don't want to spend on, more time on no, that? No, we're gonna, we're gonna, okay. we're going to keep going. So, but Caitlin, I, I think from there you you kind of talked about things that would actually break unity. So, yeah, yeah, so for us these are symptoms that maybe this value is slipping or maybe um and, and this all can happen to any one of us, and it essentially was to highlight. So we give a list of things that could highlight our need to be unified and how easy it is to break unity. And like junior high works woodshop class, just to go back to that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it comes with inherent risk, and so is Facts. working at a church. Yeah. Like when when you work at something that you're that passionate about and that's connected to your own spiritual life, there is a, a lot of risk for division. And so you kind of went through, like, here's some of the risk factors. Yes, some risk factors, especially at working at a church. So some things we talked about during our staff prayer meeting, which is our Tuesday morning, essentially staff meeting, where we give updates and share values and then pray. So we gave it in that setting. Here's some things that could break unity. Uh, A teammate or team fails to plan or communicate properly, causing more work for you. You take it personally and have become bitter and resentful about it. So a lack of good collaboration. You gossip about another staff member or team. Did you hear about X, Y, or Z? You make fun of people during uh, via text during staff prayer. So the side text during the all staff meeting or the side chat, you know, is a real thing. Um, but harmless joking can really hurt relational unity. So just knowing that. Mm-hmm. Another team you hear about is struggling in some way. And you secretly find a little bit of satisfaction in it because you think they deserve it. There is someone on staff that you avoid working with because you just always seem to disagree or maybe they just kind of bug you. Instead of believing the best about somebody, you make up stories in your head about other people's motives. You fear uncrossable lines or untouchable people because they're in positions of power. You send or receive emails that are just a little bit too harsh. 
And on one of our number one a diagnostic tool for if you maybe need to work on relational unity with someone is, do you avoid an elevator ride with them? If they got on the elevator and the door shut and it was just you and them, it would feel a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So those are just some 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 symptoms, right, that there might be a, a deeper problem related to relational unity on your staff. Yeah, it's good. It's good. So after we identified those, we just kind of went through and we have a PDF I'm sure you link to. Yep, in the we'll link to all that again. Yep, but you bet. we just reviewed the definition of here's how here's what we mean when we talk about we want to be unified as a staff. And so we reviewed that in uh, another source of inspiration from Scripture where that comes from. So we said, hey, we believe that we'll be most successful in our mission if we are deeply connected as a staff family. Therefore, we aim to love one another unconditionally and place a priority on cultivating deep relationships while keeping short accounts, handling conflict biblically, and doing everything we can to live at peace with one another. And we just read Ephesians 4, verses 15 and 16. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And so we just mm. emphasize uh, the mark of disciples. It, you know, I think of John 13, where Jesus said, By this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. So we're like, this is, this is a core distinctive of who we are as the people of God, is um, we are unified um, in mm. all things because of Christ. And, our, and we get to reflect and glorify him in that. It's good. It's good. Um, Caitlin, I think from there, did we talk through the roadmap? We did. Well, we just talked about what does it look like to live out examples of being unified. And the roadmap is part of it. So I think step one would be that what we have is something called the conflict resolution roadmap, which we can link to, I'm sure, in the show notes. And uh, this resource came from um, actually David and I, our talk during CLC this year, the Church Leaders Conference this year, so last April. Okay. And I think we, yeah, we we just released it on the podcast. So we can link that. But if you've not listened to that, it was fantastic. And, um, the, the marks on that, I was looking through CLC, uh, feedback from last year were just fantastic. So it's both what you said, visually you guys crushed it. And then you also put together this resource that you're talking about uh, right now. We relived David and I in that moment. And I, we won't give you the full story. You can go back and listen to the actual resource, but we relived a conflict that both played out in front of a few thousand people. And then we (laughs) patched it up in front of a few thousand people, essentially. Um, We patched up behind closed doors and then relived it again. And so out of that, we kind of walked through the steps of our conflict resolution roadmap. And it essentially has four steps. And again, we'll link it so you can can do more of that. Uh, You can can take a little bit um, of a deeper look at the resource. But the four steps is the first step is determining if you are in fact in conflict, which actually can be more difficult than you realize, right? And once you determine you are in conflict, um, the next step is asking yourself, can I overlook it, right? It is, it is to one's uh, uh, glory to overlook an offense, as it says. And so we give you some cues for when you can't overlook an offense and when you should, uh, should overlook it. Mm-hmm. Next, you move into if you feel like, hey, I can't overlook it. The next part is to ask yourself, step three is, what is my part to own? Conflict is never, is rarely 100% to blame on one person. What is the one or 2%? Mm-hmm. You can own yourself. 
And then finally, once you've done that work, you can then approach to go, okay, how do I seek resolution and seek reconciliation above resolution, actually? And so those are the four steps of the conflict resolution roadmap. And there's a lot more details in that resource that we'll link to you. And then you can listen to that full CLP Church Leaders podcast um, to get the full message. So it's kind of a shock to the system, I think, of when people join our staff at, at how committed and how frequently we are working at resolving conflict. Yep. Um, but that is something that we take very seriously and we do very intentionally. Another example of living out this value is um, we talked about giving preference to one another in a really practical sense um, because we are sort of a complex and very fast-moving organization. Uh, we talked about how we just have to really work to emphasize collaboration, specifically with the question, who else needs to know? Mm. So we have a lot of big ideas and a lot of dreams and a lot of activity, and we should always be asking, who else needs to know this? Um, okay, we're going we're gonna to host this, this big event. Um, have I let security know? Have I let the ministry that's happening the next morning know? Does our facilities team know that we need to flip and turn this over? I mean, there's, does it need, do we need childcare? Do we need to talk to our midweek kids ministry about this? Um, who else needs to know? We've got to always be considering others on our team so that we avoid some of those pitfalls that Caitlin talked about earlier. Um, and, you know, I just shared from a really unique perspective. I served on our student ministry here for 18 plus years. And so I was really a ministry that was benefiting from partnership with what I would call support teams or support ministries like communications, production, and worship, which I now oversee and work really closely with. So I have this weird perspective where I've been on a ministry team and I've been on a support team, and um, that just really highlighted for me the just importance, the essential nature of proactive collaboration in all things. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, maybe to restate it, you never want to surprise anybody. Right. And then you always want to take into account what it's going to cost someone else. Yeah. And so it, it's so classic. And we've talked about this several times uh, on this podcast, but if it's not your area, you always underestimate mm -hmm. uh, the impact on someone else, you know? And, and so for me, I might go, you know, Caitlin for your team, I'll go, well, they, they need to produce this, you know, 50 page PDF. I mean, seriously, how hard can that be? Right. You mm -hmm. know, and your team is over there going, well, there went, you know, our month. And this is a uh, really about like minimizing conflict on the front end. Um, yes. Hey, never surprise anybody. And then always just be considerate and uh, take into account what this is going to cost someone or how this might inconvenience them or just how it's, but maybe better said, how it's going to impact uh, them. So, John, this is called the Church Leadership Podcast. So there's a lot of church leaders that are listening, and I think a lot of people that work on staffs that are led by these leaders are really going to appreciate what I'm about to say. Church leaders, one of the most offensive or hurtful words, it's a four-letter word, you could say is the word just. That's what I thought you were going to say, yeah. Just. We hear it all the time. Can you just—can we just— and it's never just. And I actually find myself repeating that often to others I lead with where they'll go, can we just, and I'll go, guys, let me remind you, remember, you know what I'm about to say? It's never just. It's because there's a million other things going on. So church leaders, that's really helpful to keep in mind. And if you can get the word just out of your vocabulary, 
that's going to help you build unity there you on go. your teams. Very good. Um, and so from there, remind me uh, what we did from, from there. We talked about the importance of the final way to live this out, which is to of, to live out the, the unified value, is to intentionally pursue one another. So in our staff meeting, we made people get up and go and talk to someone they didn't know who yeah. maybe yeah. had, a, we had a, gave them an exercise of a thought starter, and we made them go talk to each other. Um, but I think in general, uh, the value here is making sure, especially as your staff grows and is siloed, how can you intentionally pursue people relationally? So that can be in big ways and small ways. So I'll give you examples of a big way and an example of a small way. In a big way, so it, we're recording on a Friday afternoon, and for the last and Wednesday and Thursday, Dave took all of his direct reports, which include me, out on a retreat. And so there were five or six of us, and we just got together. We got away for just 24 hours to just relate and connect personally. And that was a way, and it was different disciplines, so different departments that worked together from production and comms and worship. And even though we worked together closely, I learned something about people who I've worked with, each of those each of those people I've worked with for seven years, and I learned a different part of their story that I didn't know. And so a that's great, important. A great prompt for that, this is just a really helpful practical thing, is pick a year in the last decade and ask uh, somebody, what was a defining moment mm. in 2015 for you? Mm. Think back at 2015. What was going on? What was the defining moment that year? You'll learn something new about somebody if you pick a year and ask, what was a defining mm. moment that year? You go, whoa, I didn't realize you went through that or that happened to you or you accomplished that or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it would be. And that was part of what we that did. That was part of the prompt of what we did. We just essentially talked through everybody's last decade of their year, of their life. Yeah. And so um, that was really helpful. So that was a bit, that was a bigger way, right? Of That has a cost to it of, hey, 24, two days of work, right? So that's a bigger, bigger cost and a night away from families. A small way that I do this is anytime I get on the elevator, I ask the person, if it's one or two people in the elevator with me, I ask them the same question. What are you working on today? every time. And that helps me know. And it's a really practical question because it's more intentional than how are you doing today? Right. When everyone's just going to say fine. It's more about, hey, I want to know a little bit. Give me a 10 second window into your world about what you're doing. And also make sure you you know a name and you learn roles. And especially as staff grows or overturns, I've actually learned so much about people mm. based on what they're working on today. Ah, oh, today, you know, I'm working on X, Y, or Z because this is what I oversee and I'm trying to solve this problem. Sometimes it's led to, let's get coffee and talk about that. But I ask the same question to every single person I get on an elevator to. And that is a way to just intentionally pursue. And a little bit of that collaboration of I've learned stuff that I actually need to know yeah. <laughs> from in those elevator rides. It's a way to redeem 15 seconds on an elevator with somebody you didn't know. So, so it's it's so funny that we um, just our common vernacular on the elevator. You know, hey, let's let's share the elevator together. So if you've not been to Watermark, we when we went to buy property uh, in Dallas, there was just not that much of it. Uh, but there was a office building. that was nine stories that had some land, undeveloped land uh, mm-hmm. attached to it. And so we that's what we purchased way back when and it you know it has an office building it's not spread out um, very wide but it is high and so we don't have long hallways uh, to walk down but we do share elevators so and the elevators other- can break <laughs> so and our facilities team is incredible and they work so hard to keep them but the building is not new it, and so sometimes those elevator rides are long it has yes yeah, so that's why you want to be really careful when you hop on there because you yes. don't know you think it's just going to be seconds but yes uh, it could be hours so which i i that's never happened to me, but there are legendary stories here. So, okay, guys, really good. What about like what's the what's the payoff, right? What so if we get this right, so what? 
or you can answer it the other way. Uh, what if we get this wrong? Uh, e- either one of those. So <laughs> to help me make the jump from uh, junior high shop class and you know, uh, ER visits to uh, staff health, uh, why does this matter so much? Of all, We could only pick four things, and this was one of them. Like, tell me again, like, why this matters. I do think I kind of said this at the beginning. So just to restate it, this is a phrase that I think about often is that the health of our team is vitally important to the health of our church. Yeah, that's it. Um, that's and it. so it's like, look, to be healthy, we have to be connected to one another. If we get disconnected, the tissue dies. Um, and so, you know, John thirteen thirty five. I already stated, by this all people will know you're my disciples. Not if you have great lighting or not if your social media is the first one to acknowledge a global tragedy. Jesus, he says, if you have love for one yeah, another. Yeah. And so this has to be a priority and other things can flow out of that. Um, but our culture also is more divided than ever, it feels like. And so unity really does have the potential to set us apart and communicate a powerful testimony to a watching world. Yeah. And unity for me preserves trust and trust is everything in ministry. Yeah. Like we just, it feels it's like have, it? yeah. it's all we have. And so all we have is trust we have with our members, trust we have with each other, and then the trust I have for my leaders and my elders. That's the only, that's the framework at which my job is built. And so there's honestly no other resource that we should preserve other than trust. And so that's where it should start, at least. Um, And so that to me is, is preserving unity is about preserving trust with one another. And that goes for every person in your organization, no matter role or rank. That's am it. I am I going to get this quote right? You'll know it. Um, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Uh-huh. Something like uh-huh. that. Yeah. Um, and and that's just true. It's like, yeah. hey, I I want the the uh, impact that we have in the kingdom to be enduring. Um, and so we've got to go together. That's good. If we're going to go far, that's good. Now it is work. Uh, it takes uh, a lot of um, stamina uh, to stay in the ring when there's when there's conflict. It's a lot. It it, it seems like anyway, it's going to be a whole lot easier just to ignore it. Wildly inconvenient, right. To address um, long term, you win, and long term, you do create something, uh, Dave. That I think is that is enduring, something that's that's healthy, uh, something that's going to help a lot of people. And and I love what you said that uh, the health of health of our body. Uh, really is dependent uh, on this. So, mm-hmm. and you can play that out to your teams and things like that. But I, I've seen churches where the staff is at odds with each other, and that absolutely trickles down to the body. Mm-hmm. You know, and so one, uh, it's the youth ministry people uh, are frustrated um, with the college people who are frustrated with the worship team, or they don't feel like they get enough money, and no one ever talks about it. They just talk about each other to other, other people, and it just crushes unity. And then now you're you're not spending uh, your energies working together in any kind of synergy. You're working actually against each other, and and uh, Christ Church suffers in that. Mm-hmm. And so the stake the stakes really are high. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there are there are a lot a lot of churches actually that I'm really really encouraged by, but occasionally I'll bump into one, and I just go, you know, David, there's no mark of discipleship here, and you couldn't tell that you are Christians because you operate just like you know some insurance agency down down the road there, and everybody's talking about uh, each other. But it's one of the reasons I've been on staff here so long, candidly. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I love it that if we have issues and I, you know, I can't remember any off the top of my head, but I know both of you, I've had an issue with you. You've had an issue with me and, and we're sitting here at the table and we're for yeah. each other and uh, we've, we've talked all those things out. And so when it comes time to collaborate, we don't have to navigate any weird baggage, you know, any invisible walls. We're just for each other. Mm-hmm. And if, if we 
If we create a new conflict, we will address it. I've got full confidence that I'm, if I'm not in the room, I don't have to worry about what you're going to say about me, and you shouldn't either. And I think then Christ Church wins. And we can call then our body to resolve conflict. Mm-hmm. You can look at husbands and wives with integrity and say, we're going to call you to resolve this conflict uh, because we're doing it all day long, regardless of our position. Uh, And so do you have integrity? It would be a question to call other people to resolve conflict uh, based on the way that you handle that and your team and your broader staff or whoever it is you work with. So one question is, uh, we're going to get this one. That's great for you guys. This was kind of, you know, baked into the foundation of the church. What do you do if this is new uh, to us? We don't, uh, we don't operate this way. This is not one of our core values. In fact, uh, we're doing pretty lousy at this. You got any advice on right next steps? Uh, The way I would respond to that question is to start with conviction. Like, don't take our word for it. Ask the question prayerfully and and seek the scriptures. Uh, Is unity something that should mark the people of God? Hmm. And Hmm. get square on that first. That's good. Um, good. So if you've kind of—maybe we're nudging you in the right direction, but start with your your conviction. And if you're convicted that, you know what, this isn't us, but this is something that should mark us— that's a great place to start. And then define the reality of your team um, and and bring your team into it. Like, this this is a problem. We should be more unified. And, guys, we're not. And uh, the, here's how the people of God respond to that. With humility, confess and repent. Yeah, um, so it starts with really confession good. and repentance. And then I think the third thing I would say is um, define the destination. Like, we want to be unified. This is our goal. And then invite the team to chart the course with you. What do we need to do, guys, as a team to restore unity and then maintain unity and make it a like a group effort where everybody has some buy-in and ownership of it? So, uh, But as a leader, you got to define, is this a value that we want to hold high? Where are we at? What's the problem? Define reality for your team. Own it if you're not where you need to be, and then invite everybody to be a part of the solution. Yeah, that, that'd be the advice I'd give to a leader. I love it. What I would say is I would, two things come to mind. The first is to play the long game. And so, and and this might, I don't, I don't want this to discourage, but you could expect it to not go well the first time. It's good. I actually really think good, I yeah. would. Really good. And really so, good. and have grace for people, bear with one another's mm-hmm. faults. And as you, especially if you are a manager implementing this on your team, I think it is your responsibility to keep this value and to implement it on your team with those that you are leading um, and expect especially younger younger people or younger staff or newer staff to not respond well at first and go, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually not get frustrated with that. I'm going to give them two or three or four additional tries. We see this all the time. We have the luxury of, I walked in on the staff seven and a half years ago and this was baked. I learned this from this staff mm-hmm. like, and it has changed my life in a lot of ways. But I also have the the privilege of getting to lead a team with a lot of really young people and they don't respond well the first time, even though it's ba- baked in here. And I'm not angry because they're right on time because they, yeah. they're doing what they know to do. So, and so just, I think I would expect people to not get this right. And that is where the spirit of God can lead them. And scripture's on our side because it's not something, it's not, this is not a watermark thing. This is a scriptural thing. And so that's, that's so helpful. And so I think that's the other thing I would say is play long game. I love it. You know, um, I think always, uh, we, I'm sure we've talked about this before in the podcast. So a leader's job is to kind of define, you know, both reality and then also what it is that, that's expected. Here's here. This is what's expected. So we're not going to gossip. We're not going to uh, harbor any resentment. We're not going to withhold our best 
you know, energy or ideas from another person or department, those kinds of things. So this is what we expect. And then when you see someone, you know, doing those things, you celebrate it. And then when you see someone who's working against uh, that, which you've said is going to be uh, the thing that marks us, then you go to them, you know, one-on-one and say, Hey, we talked about this. You remember this violates that. And, um, and it's okay. I'm for you, but we, we're not going to, we're not going to do that. You know, you ask questions before you do that, but you net it out with, nope, we won't tolerate that. Right. So you, you celebrate and then you also kind of tamp out that, which would, would violate that. And then I think for you as a leader, you know, wherever you sit on any org chart or any of any importance, you do great when you can model receiving admonition or receiving someone approaching you with conflict with you personally. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you're in a meeting and you say, you know, hey, I really want to celebrate this person uh, brought to my attention. I said this, I did this or whatever, wasn't my best. And it, uh, candidly, I missed it. And they brought it to my attention. They did it in a very, very Christ honoring way. It was soft. It was gentle. It was truthful. It took us about two minutes. We worked through that and we were good, but I just want to celebrate this person. When you can do that in a person, if you have any kind of influence there, it, it models for everyone. This is what we're after. And it's, it's okay. No one gets in trouble. Uh, when we have, a, uh, when we go up, you know, whatever type of metaphorical chain, uh, you have there. And so that, that's a great one. So David, I'm going to ask you if you're willing to play along, uh, to model this. Okay. So we didn't, we didn't talk about Ooh, this. Oh my goodness. Uh, so I've got so so many issues with you that I'd let know. Um, so let's, let's just, let's role play. I walk into, uh, we're working. Okay. So CLC is coming up. We've got lots of things we're going to collaborate on. Um, I'm mad you, you, your team produced something I, I am not a fan of, and I don't like it. And I walk down there, which this, as this as never I, happens. As far as I know, <laughs> not with me. Not I, with you. Okay. Yes. So it could happen. Uh, it it could happens happen. all the time. Okay. Okay. So I walk down and, uh, and I'm like, man, who did this? Why, why in the world did you approve this? You know, I, I don't even want to be associated with this. I'm so frustrated. I guess we can print it if you want, but I just want to go on record to say, man, this was really poorly done. And I, and I walk out. Okay. So that just happened. Tell me what's going through your mind. And, and you, a couple of staff people watch, watch this uh, interaction. Tell me how you handle it. Yep. Well, golly, in that moment, I would make sure the staff were like okay, yeah. Like if they if they watched you kind of pop off and and you didn't look good, uh, the first thing I'm thinking about is I know John, and I know John doesn't want to appear the way he just appeared because I know that's not who he is. And so my first job in that scenario that I'm hearing right now for the first time is to look around and be like, hey, there's probably something behind that, and don't worry, I'm gonna follow up with John, and we're good. But let's, we don't need to activate on that right now. You guys have done great work. I approved it. I, I will take responsibility for this. We might have to redo some work. But let me follow up with John. And guys, it's it's all good. Okay. It's, and, and I'm not blowing smoke. Yeah. Because this is a value, has been a value of our team. And so I know eventually you and I are going to get on the same page. Okay. So you're going to deamplify stress right in the middle of that. Deamplify stress right, right, right away. Wrap it up. Okay. And then I'm going to look for a good time. Uh, to reconnect with you on that topic. Um, so I might not just follow you and then knock on your door and be like, what was that, man? Um, because I'm going to believe the best about you that like there's something else going on because that that uh, response seems a little bit out of proportion for what the work was and try to get at the root of, is it really about this or is this about like, is this the third thing I've done that's frustrated you? 
And what are the other two things, and how can we get back lockstep on this deal? Okay, so you're not even going to start with the actual uh, infraction. You're going to ask questions first. Hey, man, what's going on? Are you okay? Yeah, Yeah. we're we're people, and everything's integrated. And so, um, you know, you had previewed you might ask the question about how our implementation of this value has changed over time because I've been here for 20 years. And I do think one thing that's changed is our pursuit of unity has become more empathetic. Um, And so— I, I actually think I might have answered this question differently 10 years ago, but I would start with empathy of like, hey, ma'am, what's what's going on? Yep. Like, like, are we good? Is there something else that I did? And if you go this, this, and this are going okay. on. So, David, I mean, listen, I, I'm under the gun. We're behind on several things. And this is, candidly, it's just not my preference. I mean, I you know, there we are, and you're in here because I didn't handle it well. Um, is that, is that why you yeah. came in ultimately? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and so then if you go, I'm under the gun, I'm stressed about other things. You go, awesome, man. Well, um, I do, do you see how like your presentation of that probably could have been better and yeah, people were course. watching all that? Of course. So let's, let's, and, and I'll let you know how I re- de-amplified stress yep. with them. And I go, Hey, they, they're good. We're good. Then I would turn towards, all right, how do we solve this problem? And I'd try to propose some solutions. Um, Hey, my, my lowest preference is to redo the whole thing. Uh, but that is something we can do if that's where you and I land. Because yeah. ultimately, my role is, is to lead a support team. And we're here to support you, your vision. This is your conference. Um, and so if we miss the mark, we miss the mark. Then uh, we'd probably talk through like, hey, how did we get here? Because uh, this thing that you didn't like, it went through a process. And it evolved over time. I oversaw the process, and I approved it. And you weren't there any step of the way <laughs> because you delegated that to yep. me. Um, and now you're trying to take it back. Yep. So we'll sort of define what that is. It's good. It's good. Do you want to take it back? It's your right. If you do, you've got to jump back in this whole process with me, and it's going to be three more meetings for you. And I'm not trying to scare you away. If that's what you want, that's what we'll do. Or do you want me just to go make some tweaks or can we be good with this one thing and you can trust me that the hundred other things are going to be above and beyond your expectations. So we would just have that conversation about what do we need to do? Yeah. And you know, I think, um, I don't know how I'd respond. This is what you would roles reverse, David. I think you would, this is what you would say. Hey, uh, first off, thank you so much for coming. This, this is what I, I think a proper response would be. Hey, thank you so much for coming uh, to me, and uh, I really appreciate that. That you, you a, uh, you did believe the best. You asked a lot of questions, but you didn't let me get away with this. And so you're you're a really good friend. Thank you so much, David. And you know what? That was not okay what I did. And so, you know, if, let me know if there's anything else you want to you want to tell me about that. But I want to ask your forgiveness. So, David, would you please uh, would you please forgive me for the way that I related there? Absolutely. Okay. And, and I'm here to serve you. Thank you, brother. Let's talk about that. Yeah. And then let's walk down. Uh, you know, can you remember who who saw that interaction? Because that's not okay. That's unbecoming of a Christian leader. So can we walk down there right now, grab those people, and I'm going to do the same thing to them. I'm going to look them in the eye and go, hey, we'll talk about the work. We maybe make some tweaks, maybe we don't, but there's never a situation where that is okay. So can we walk down there and do that? And then I would just address anyone that, you know, was uh, impacted uh, by that. And so that's what it looks like, I think, on our best days here, of course. Of course we mess that up, but you do that. And the two people that are on your team that overheard that are part of that project, right? Uh, if it's sincere and genuine, uh, now that that happens all the time where, you know, something else will happen, but they'll go, man, thank you. 
you know what? And and they'll they'll bring their best on that next project. You don't do that. <laughs> there's like zero chance uh, that we're going to get their best their best effort on the next thing. Because why would they? They're just going to get barked at, and uh, and they feel valued. Um, and we we actually believe this book that we uh, talk about, that we preach, that we call other people to uh, memorize and obey, and uh, and that informs the way that we work together. And so if anyone else has anything to say, that's great. Otherwise, you know, we're going to stack hands. We will, uh, we will grant forgiveness because we're people who've been given it and we know how to grant it and ask for it and stay humble. And if we're all good, let's go, you know, and then we can work out those tactical things. And so on our best days, I think that's what it, uh, what it looks like. So the only thing additionally, I would say is even watching y'all play out a thing that's at play there, especially in, in that situation that you just talked through. And then all throughout this is just people's emotions yeah. like this it's a, this is, will likely be an emotional conversation and that's actually okay yeah. or emotions will be at play and that's okay yeah. and so what i have is i don't get frustrated with that when i get emotional or when someone else gets emotional but i also don't emotions are really good data like they're data about something that's going on and so we don't want to ignore those and we don't also want to be controlled by them and so I think another thing just to know is to anticipate somebody's emotional response and leave room for that. It doesn't have to guide the conversation. And then also anticipate your emotional or like be okay if you get emotional yeah. and give yourself time to work through it and then give somebody else's time to work through it. Like one of my favorite learnings about myself is like when I get emotional, my brain goes offline. I can I am useless yeah. it, to logic with fight or flight fight yeah. or flight and I especially in relationships especially like with with the people closest to me I just had no idea and so you really need to give me a full 2 hours for my body to regulate and that's okay and so I think having an, a bit of an emotional IQ and if you if that's a foreign concept to you I would go that could be another area of learning that's at play and conflict and the more I see this and learn it and practice it I used to so used to just go hey we're going to keep conflict emotionless and that's just not realistic it's good people are emotional human beings and they are created in God's image and that because God is emotional yeah. um, but also know that sometimes our emotions, for me at least, I mean, I don't think clearly. And so it's not the right time for me to have a conflict resolution. So I think that's another reason probably we've talked a little bit about how we we give a little bit more time than we used to for conflict to work itself out. And so that's the only other thing I would say is like we, we played it out just here as like really clean and unemotional. I bet both of you are hot. And I bet when you, John, if you came at David like that, he would probably, his heart rate would raise. Yeah. And that's okay. And leave a mo- and you're not weak if that happens to you, but you do need to be wise yeah. in how you approach the other person. Yeah. You definitely don't want to speak uh, out of uh, emotion, anger, uh, right? Because you're not using, literally, you're not using your whole brain. You're mm-hmm. going to say something you're going to regret. Yes. And uh, you will forget it. Uh, they will remember it for a really long time. So if, if uh, you feel emotions really starting to elevate, it's okay to call a timeout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm committed to working through this with you. I think both of us are pretty hot right now. And the thing I would hate more than anything else is for us to make it worse. So is it okay uh, if I just kind of call a timeout? Let's both just pray. And uh, maybe tomorrow uh, we could touch base. But I, uh, hear me say, I'm committed to working this out. I'm for you, and I'm positive we can work this out. I just, I fear that this could go south. I'm not running away from it all. I just want to give us the best chance. Uh, would that be okay? Right. And that's, mm-hmm. and, I, and Caitlin, I, I heard a story of you doing that uh, this last month. And so I know uh, both of you practice that. And it's just, it's kind of heading off the We path practice of... it off. <laughs> Very good. Okay, friends. Oh, do you guys have anything else uh, you want to say? Yeah. And we we'll, are dependent, we'll, we'll... unified, excellent, and fun. We're doofs. 
and you get fun next. Tune in go. next month for fun, right? Thank you, brother. And, hey. you know, hey, if you want to connect with me on social media, wow. at David Peniel on Strava, you want to follow my running journey, Yikes. get on that Strava app, <laughs> at David Peniel. Cheer him on. Cheer him on. We can, we can cheer for you next. When will your, when's your next televised run? Uh, televised. No, I'm I'm running that Dallas. He makes his uh, wife run behind him. Dallas, and stream it on YouTube. BMW half marathon on December 10th. Okay, so come so come cheer him on. We'll be there. I'll actually be there, uh, cheering on someone else. But I'll cheer for you yeah. uh, as well. It'll be great. Hey guys, thanks so much. It's fun to be on a team with you. Uh, thanks for preserving unity with me over the years, and I'm grateful for you both. So friends, the big lesson here is uh, figure out your staff values or your your team values. What do you want to call people to uh, articulate them? Um, and really cast a vision and then make sure that you are uh, continuing to remind each other. But this one specifically, uh, I hope that increasingly you're on a staff, you're working with people, you're on mission uh, with people that, that you love. And, and one of the way, the quickest ways to crush that uh, is to get sideways and not deal with conflict. So uh, be unified, uh, whether you put this as a staff value or not, those are some great takeaways. All the, the resources that we mentioned will be linked up in the show notes. And again, thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions, any comments, you can always reach us at clp at watermark.org. That's clp at watermark.org. We'll talk to you again next time.